This is our devotional for Exodus chapter 37, verse 1 through chapter 38, verse 20. I'm Pastor Tyler Parson. Welcome to the God Intense Podcast. Buckle up. It's going to be a long journey today through the Bible's tabernacle passages as we see the glory of God dwelling with his people. Intense. Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood. Two cubits and a half was its length, a cubit and a half its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height, and he overlaid it with pure gold inside and outside, and made a molding of gold around it. And he cast for it four rings of gold for its four feet, two rings on the on its one side and two rings on its other side, and he made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold, and put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark to carry the ark. And he made a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half was its length, and a cubit and a half its breadth, and he made two cherubim of gold. He made them of hammered work on the two ends of the mercy seat, one cherub on the one end, and one cherub on the other end. Of one piece with the mercy seat he made the cherubim on its two ends. The cherubim spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings, with their faces one to another toward the mercy seat were the faces of the cherubim. He also made the table of acacia wood. Two cubits was its length, a cubit and its breadth, a cubit its breadth, and a cubit and a half its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold and made a molding of gold around it. And he made a rim around it, a handbreadth wide, and made a molding of gold around the rim. He cast for it four rings of gold and fastened the rings to the four corners at its four legs. Close to the frame were the rings as holders for the poles to carry the table. He made the poles of acacia wood to carry the table and overlaid them with gold. And he made the vessels of pure gold that were to be on the table, its plates and dishes for incense and its bowls and flagons with which to pour drink offerings. He also made the lampstand of pure gold he made the lampstand of hammered work, its base, its stem, its cups, its calyxes, and its flowers were of one piece with it, and there were six branches going out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of one side of it, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side of it. Three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower on one branch, and three cups made like almond blossoms, each with calyx and flower on the other branch. So for the six branches going out of the lampstand. And on the lampstand itself were four cups, made like almond blossoms with their calyxes and flowers, and a calyx of one piece with it under each pair of the six branches going out of it. Their calyxes and their branches were of one piece with it. The whole of it was a single piece of hammered work of pure gold. And he made its seven lamps and its tongs and its trays of pure gold. He made it and all its utensils out of a talent of pure gold. He made the altar of incense of acacia wood. Its length was a cubit and its breadth was a cubit. It was square and two cubits was its height. Its horns were of one piece with it. He overlaid it with pure gold, its top and around its sides and its horns. And he made a molding of gold around it and made two rings of gold on it under its molding, on two opposite sides of it, as holders for the poles with which to carry it. And he made the poles of acacia wood, 
and overlaid them with gold. He made the holy anointing oil also in the pure fragrant incense, blended as by the perfumer. He made the altar of burnt offering of acacia wood. Five cubits was its length and five cubits its breadth. It was square and three cubits was its height. He made horns for it on its four corners. Its horns were of one piece with it, and he overlaid it with bronze. And he made all the utensils of the altar, the pots, the shovels, the basins, the forks, and the fire pans. He made all its utensils of bronze. And he made for the altar a grating, a network of bronze under its ledge extending halfway down. He cast four rings on the four corners of the bronze grating as holders for the poles. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with bronze, and he put the poles through the rings on the sides of the altar to carry it with them. He made it hollow with boards. He made the basin of bronze and its stand of bronze from the mirrors of the ministering women who ministered in, in the entrance of the tent of meeting. And he made the court for the south side of the hangings of the court were of fine twine linen, a hundred cubits, their twenty pillars. And their twenty bases were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. And for the north side there were hangings of a hundred cubits. Their twenty pillars and their twenty bases were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. And for the west side were hangings of fifty cubits. Their ten pillars and their ten bases, the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. And for the front to the east, fifty cubits. The hangings for one side of the gate were fifteen cubits with their three pillars and three bases. And so for the other side, on both sides of the gate of the court were hangings of fifteen cubits with their three pillars and their three bases. All the hangings around the court were of fine twined linen and the bases for the pillars were of bronze, but the hooks of the pillars and their fillets were of silver. The overlaying of their capitals was also of silver, and all the pillars of the court were filleted with silver, and the screen for the gate of the court was embroidered with needlework in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. It was twenty cubits long and five cubits high in its breadth, corresponding to the hangings of the court, and their pillars were four in number. Their four bases were of bronze their hooks of silver, and the overlaying of their capitals and their fillets of silver, and all the pegs for the tabernacle and for the court all around were of bronze. Detailed sections of scripture like this often bore us. It was hard enough to get through it once in chapters 25 through 31, right? And now here it is again. Admittedly, countless disciples begin skimming, skipping, or even snoozing during these passages. But might there be a reason for the repetition? You know, in construction, workers often say, measure twice, but cut once. See, there are good times to return to what we already read, to confirm that we're reading it accurately and haven't overlooked any details or something. And it makes sense then for these detailed accounts to be listed here. See, like a person building a new house, pouring over the specs on fixtures and finishes and furnishings, so we might be moved to ponder with awe the house of God. 
the Lord's gold-covered dwelling place was brilliant and beautiful. So let's marvel, even at the minor details, as they instruct us to the one holy God who wants to dwell among his people. See, all this repetition would also prove beneficial, if you think about it, in training the next generation. Children and grandchildren need to know who God is, what he's like, what we're like, and and how God would come to dwell among sinful people like us. And remember the context, this description of the tabernacle and its furnishings comes after Israel's sin with the golden calf. It's after their sin that God, in his mercy, allows the construction of his house. Repetition, remember, is a valuable tool for instruction. It helps us understand meaning and commit truths to memory. So perhaps these verses formed an early catechism for Hebrew children in learning about their salvation through faith in their covenant-making God. Whatever the case, these repeated verses help build suspense as the flicker of God's promise to dwell with his people burns at the end of the dark tunnel of sin and rebellion. God is passionate about entering into relationship with his people. Even our sin cannot deter his plan of coming to dwell with us. All of this, of course, is just a preview. It's a preview of the ultimate way God came to dwell with his people, a preview of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. As the hymn says, He left his Father's throne above, so free, so infinite his grace. Emptied himself of all but love and bled for Adam's helpless race. Tis mercy all immense and free, for oh my God, it found out me. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? Thanks for listening to the God Intense podcast. For more information about Crossroads Church of Ida County, Iowa, go to crossroadgfc.com. And I'll meet you again next time as we gather around God Intense.